Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is the show where we share cutting-edge strategies in acquiring leads and sales for your business through paid traffic. And today we're going to be talking about branding and marketing and empowering organizations to further their impact for good with Christine Marie, which, Kasim, uh, didn't you speak at some big conference with our guest here today? And that's the reason why she was recruited by you to uh, come <laughs> onto the show. I poached her, which I've gotten really good at, by the way. I, I go out, for the Perpetual Traffic listener, if you don't know, I scour the earth for you. <laughs> like, nonstop, never sleep, 24-7, 365. Who can we bring that has epic value. And I saw I saw Christine Marie speak at Traffic and Conversion, and she had one of the highest rated talks at TNC. Um, it was amazing. And what I liked about it most was it's on a topic that I'm repelled by. And any <laughs> anytime that happens, it just lets me know that there's a weakness within me that needs to be addressed. So I think she's probably the smartest brand strategist I've ever encountered in my entire life, and I'm super excited to have her on. How many brand strategists do you actually know? Two. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so she's the smartest out of two. She's the so, smartest. Yeah. You know, we're scouring the earth. Maybe not the right. entire earth, but like your earth. I've got you know, a sample size that's more than one, Ralph. <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't one. So that was that's good. So at least she beat out the other person, whoever that is, and they'll probably be on professional Hank. traffic at some point in time. Yeah. But yeah, so that's that's pretty cool. So th- actually we are constantly looking for you know, these types of guests on the show, because this one makes me a little bit uncomfortable. And I think she has that effect on people. Yeah. And we're going to be getting into some stuff today, which is probably going to make me and my marketing team squirm, but it's actually okay because it's, it's good to get some honest criticism on branding and how we're actually doing this. And we're going to use myself and our brand at tier 11 uh, sort of as a guinea pig here, which I can't wait for that. And I can't wait for Aaron, Tom, Daniel, and Trish to see all this. Just calling them out of the marketing team, by the way, Kasim, just because this by is going to be a... Yeah, by name. Yeah, that's yeah. it. So we're going to be taking this very seriously here. So now, 90s Disney movie lineup, Aaron, Tom, Daniel, and Trish. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Go to yeah. camp. It's a pretty it's a pretty good camp. That's it. Camp. It's customer acquisition amplification. That's camp. We'll get into that in later episodes. So give us a little introduction here on today's guest, Kasim. Yeah. So we brought in Christine Marie, founder and CEO of ChristineMarie.com. And she's done some pretty amazing work. She helped spearhead a massive social campaign for Amazon. She's worked with Johnson Johnson, NAACP. And she has this empathy-connected marketing approach that, again, I, I need everybody to suspend disbelief for just a minute because if you're the, 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 the you know, tactical marketer, you might have heard what I just said and thought to yourself, like, oh, okay, well, gosh, I don't need that. But I promise like, you, you do. Pause, go to the next podcast. No, stay on this right. podcast. It's going to be worth your while. 
it's going to amplify everything else. And Christine explains how and why she's spoken all over the world. And we're excited to have her on. Christine, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I, I'm not sure how much of a warm welcome that was. You know, I, I feel like I got a little <laughs> kick in the pants, but uh, suppose I'm happy to be here. We'll see, right? We'll have to temper we'll this see. out. <laughs> yeah. We'll send you our NPS survey afterwards and you can right. tell us. <laughs> we wanted to make you just a little bit angry to have the critique be just a little bit no. more tough. I think that yeah. was Cossum's. I'm, I'm feeling it. Yeah. yeah. You're feeling it. You're feeling it. Go to war. Yeah, scathing. <laughs> Absolutely. And now this is how we learn. So do you have a nugget, something that maybe you do unconsciously that the PT listener might be able to utilize in their day-to-day to, to help their business? I do. Every time there is a social media post going out, I always send it to a specific list of people whom have given me their permission to to send it to, to secure instant engagement. That teaches the algorithms that it's content worthy of engaging with, and and they then amplify the visibility across your network. And there's a few different examples I'd love to give, if I may, or I can save them. So... An example of just everyday posting with this list, send it to them right out of the gate, have the email already ready to go so that all you do is just drop the URL in there and hyperlink it and then send it off to your list. So that's just for everyday posts. But if you have a big announcement coming up, if there's a big product launch, if you have any any sort of deal going on, planning it out, incorporating it into your strategy for the promotion of the of the announcement of the of the of the actual campaign. And then allowing for letting people know ahead of time that there is a big announcement coming on Wednesday at noon. Telling them that this is coming allows one, it, it creates excitement and buzz surrounding it. It also makes them feel special and more endeared towards you that you have selected them by hand. It makes them feel unique in that regard. And then asking two to three people on your team to reshare the post specifically people in the C-suite, as well as people kind of more junior level, because the type of voice that they'll use when they reshare that, you're going to get a specific heightened engagement and excitement from more of those junior people, and then a level of sophistication from that C-suite, which you want. You want a breadth of positioning surrounding that announcement or campaign. And then also get a certain number of people to commit to commenting on the posts right out of the gate because not only the instant engagement by liking the post, but the diversification of engagement is really going to show the the algorithms that it's really worthwhile content. In addition to that, and this is the last thing I'll say, don't want to overwhelm, allowing for comments and reshares then diversifies as well the networks that you're reaching, not just yours. You're expanding into the networks of people who comment and then obviously the reshares you get in front of all of their audiences as well. So when we post on our socials, we typically will email the list and the content of the post instead of just like this email would be mm. super short with a, a link to the post, whichever is your top social, correct? Because like typically yes. when we'll post, we'll post on like six or seven different places, but all around the same theme. So you sort of pick one, tease it a bit in advance, and then actually send it. Like how, what? Like how? How long would that email right. typically be? It sounds like it'd be very short. Very, very short. And for the everyday post, so again, this list isn't your email list. It's it's a list of probably your employees. Maybe it's a few people from your tribe who've committed to this. For example, I was just speaking in a mastermind, and I I gave them the same nugget. I said, y'all, if if you all share 
with each other, your LinkedIn posts, you've got 60 people in your community who are willing to promote you because you are all committed to the same, to the same values of propelling the growth of the other. And so if basically, if you're taking your posts, linking it in an email, sending it to, it doesn't have to be extensive. It could be 15, 20 people, 100 people, whoever's on your team, and then maybe a few outside of that. But at least securing that immediate engagement is really important. And then when it comes to a big announcement, hand selecting current customers and, and people in, again, in your tribe who are important to you, that you want them to feel elevated and important, do it to your normal list of people, your employees, your, your colleagues, select colleagues. But it's not necessarily a newsletter or an e-blast. It's really just for the purpose of amplifying that, that content. And I would do all of them. When we have posts go out, we send all of the all of the links for all of those all of those channels. And then, frankly, it's your employees are being paid uh, by you, so they need to do what you say. They need to like them. <laughs> so we have a T-shirt. I'm paying you. Do what I say. I love the idea of diversifying the the roles because you you you'd actually you couldn't convince me LinkedIn doesn't take that into consideration algorithmically. Oh, people in the C-suite are engaging with this. Let me show more people in the C-suite. Like, I think that's really brilliant, something I never would have considered before. It's impactful. And then, I mean, the, the goal is, is that you're getting additional voices, right? And you're getting different types of energy. There's just, there's an energy that comes from people who are more junior and mid-level where you need that. That's, they're the backbone of the organization. And so getting them to be your mouthpiece for you is really powerful. So we have a Slack channel that we, whenever we post, we post it. We don't at the entire channel. As of right now, because we post basically every day or like a couple yeah. of times a day. And that was sort of the impetus behind it. I mean, we don't force people to do it necessarily. We want them to do it out of their own goodwill. But, you know, we are paying them, so they should freaking do it. They I should mean, do it, they're you listening. <laughs> Yeah. So, but we don't force it on them because of the speed of it is pretty, is pretty, there's a lot. So, right. I mean, at least that, like from your perspective, we're doing something right. Because it is yes. a select group of individuals, gotcha. So yes. that way you can get a little momentum. Yeah. And for yeah. other clients, we've so. done Microsoft. Wherever you know, if they're te- if they're in Teams, we'll post it in there. It doesn't have to be an email per se, but it's some some form of communication. WhatsApp. We've used WhatsApp for our clients as well, just alerting them. Hey, y'all, t- take a take a look and engage, please. I'm going to say something so stupid, but here's what I like about the paradigm shift that just happened for me. I've never viewed a social media post as an actual marketing asset. Mm. So like you think a landing page is a marketing asset, a website is a marketing asset, a video is a marketing asset. A social post is a throwaway comment, it's a tweet. And what you're doing here is you're turning that post into something that we're actually really intentional with. And and it becomes a, a quality over quantity game. Now I don't have to post two, three, four, five, six, seven times a day the overwhelm is gone because maybe I just post once a week. And I remember in your talk, you talked about how Jocko only posts once a week, but his mm-hmm. post was super intentional, super high value, and he got an insane amount of engagement. And so right. it, it actually takes a lot of the pressure off. It's like, hey, you don't have to be this ubiquitous truth across the social channel. Instead, just get really intentional for like a half hour a week and you'll right. do more with less, which is really exciting to me. It's exciting to me too, because the thought of posting daily is one that frankly kept me from posting. However, I couldn't deny the reality that every single time I post on LinkedIn, I got some lead or business deal from it. So that was, I'm leaving untapped potential. I'm, I'm leaving money on the table because of 
X, Y, Z. And I actually do think it's incredibly important for executives to consider what is holding them back because then they can, once you know the problem, then you can address it full on. But it is 100% a marketing tactic that is often left untapped and it, or it's not executed well because they don't know the right strategies to go about doing so. So we are going to get into some real specifics on how to do this and how to I've given you just a little bit of a taste of what we're going to be talking about here on today's show. We're going to talk about the entire strategy, and then we're going to get very uncomfortable with my personal LinkedIn, and Christine is going to critique it in a positive way that hopefully you all can learn from that as well. We're going to get right into that after this quick break. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. That was great, by the way. Super good nugget. Oh, good. I was wondering if I was high energy enough. <laughs> I didn't like it. But I didn't like it. Let's Custom do it didn't again. like it, but he doesn't like anything. He's just yeah. sort of, he's just <laughs> sort of an unhappy person. <laughs> kind of miserable. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we're we're canceling. <laughs> we're done. Yeah, let's pull the plug. I have, I have yeah, Netflix to watch. It. Girls, season three is on. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. All right, we are here with Christine Marie from Starin Strategies. And give us a little background. How does somebody get into this? This is this is like an interesting seeing how you're the top brand specialist that we've ever had on this show. How does one get into this kind of thing? And what what was your starting point? And obviously you're working with some huge brands right now. Just more curious than anything else, and then we can get into your overall strategies. Yes. And just for clarity's sake, so Staring Strategies is, so Christine Marie is the parent brand of doing kind of the brand clarity and marketing strategy. And then Staring Strategies is the fulfillment. So once a client decides that they really want to move forward with actually execution, we'll either refer it out to one of our partners or strategies. So just providing context there in case people didn't know 
what steering strategies was. So background, it, you know, it really, I kind of almost fell into the whole side of personal branding. I, I became, my, my education was really focused surrounding the communications and PR side of things. I've always loved copywriting, but what really, what was a catalyst for me getting into personal branding was as I started going on my own kind of personal journey of really exploring emotional intelligence, cultivating those types of touch points of connection with people on a much more kind of human level and then incorporating that into marketing. And that's been something that really has marked our company as a very differentiated point, but also it's just rendered significant success. I know we talked earlier about an example that we, that we did for Amazon and, and, powering one of their top executives with just a very emotional charged message that got 688,000 organic impressions, which is just, I mean, that's not normal. And so it was really encouraging to see that, but ultimately it really came from taking the time to understand what people want to receive and under, being able to get into their psyche. So we actually use the Enneagram when we build out target audiences so that we really, I'm not sure if you all know the the Enneagram. It's, uh, it's similar to Myers-Briggs. It's a personality type of test. And we actually use that when we build out target audiences so that we can get inside their heads and then create messaging and strategies just that resonate with them. The subconscious is where people make their decisions. And so taking that approach really has, has been a big catalyst for our growth and then ultimately the impact that we're making. So tell us a little bit about the the, the psychological landscape shift for the consumer like where is the consumer's head right now and how what is the landscape like i mean for right now you know there is some uncertainty out there economically there's you know that we're coming out of like this incredibly long pandemic and a little bit of a taste of normalcy and now there's some economic conditions and we've got elections today like there's a lot of uncertainty still on the market like tell us a little bit about like the the landscape unto itself and how does it affect what you do so i love that you asked that because the whole shift in the consumer has been it's so important that you one recognize it and understand it and then address it. So in order to really understand it, taking a look at the consumer based on everything you just said with all those examples, even the election today, right? The the election cycles over the last few years have been intense to say the least. And we're dealing with an entirely different consumer than, than the one that big conglomerate brands have been used to. Um, if you think about our parents and, and previous generations, they were the consumer. They sat and they consumed and they digested the content that was put forth. They were great at buying. They were, they were great at doing what we told them to do. And frankly, we could, we knew how to manipulate them because we knew that the way that their minds worked. Well, today's consumer very much has shifted based on a lot of those occurrences that you said, COVID being number one. And it's, what came out and what it showed us about the consumer is that they are very proactive in pursuing mental health and improving that. And it's a, a little bit of an uncomfortable topic. You know, discomfort has been a, a little bit of a theme in our discussion so far. And, and I appreciate it because it's only when we're willing to get uncomfortable and face the reality of what is the landscape in which we exist, only then can we make a real informed decision to alter and deviate our approach if we're honest with ourselves that this is what's happening. And what's happening is that the consumer is pursuing therapy, the the consumer is establishing boundaries with their families, friends, colleagues, and they're teaching their, their environment how to engage with them. 
And so if we as marketers do not allow ourselves to be taught by the consumer and how they want to engage with content, then we are going to have a fundamental miss, like ships in the night, if we don't allow ourselves to be trained by them. And we now have consumers who are going to therapy and are establishing walls to safeguard themselves as a self-protection mechanism. And we need to know how to break through those walls. Does it break through the walls or is it align ourselves so that we can connect with the consumer walls intact or a little of both? I like that question. I, I actually would say it really depends on once you actually get to know your audience. So so digging deeper into the which consumer you're talking about. And that is so industry specific because I think that there are some there is some breaking through where you have to break through so if the hedges are in place and we don't know what hedges are in place per se, because it depends on the audience and what their pain points are. So if the pain points of an audience, we can, we can fundamentally assume that the general hedge is they go to therapy. They, they're very aware of their needs and wants, but I think that it, it depends when it comes down to what are their actual pain points predicated on the fact that they they are aware of what they are because our parents had no idea they had they had just had a total lack of self-awareness. And so if we're going to be brave enough to move into and break those walls but then also come in a line. I would say that the aligning comes with the values of the consumer and then the breaking through is of hey, we understand. We're going to pursue you and we're going to show you that we care, but it's based out of an empathy-driven approach. That is fundamentally different than what conglomerate brands have done. And they, they took the approach and the tactic of manipulation. So we're breaking through the walls, not by way of manipulation, but by way of empathy. We're showing them that we care and that we come and align ourselves with the values. So I think that there is a breaking and an, align, and an aligning. I think you're absolutely right. And I think the breaking through was done so in an empathetic approach, showing them that we understand, that we've taken the time to get to know them, and that we align ourselves with their values based on who we are and our values. Because we're not going to align with everybody, right? We fundamentally, as if you're a strong brand, you have strong values. And so you'll have lovers and haters. It's always interesting looking at when you take into consideration, you know, Coke and Pepsi. People did a blind taste test and they over and over and over again chose Pepsi because Pepsi is a better tasting product. But then when they found out that they chose Pepsi, they were like, actually, I liked the other one because they were so loyal to Coke. And so there, you, you need to break through to, to develop that psychological subconscious loyalty there and showing them, hey, I align with you and I understand what you want and what you need. And, and I think it's the aligning of values and the breaking through of the walls by way of empathy. So is there a, a systematic approach to do this? <laughs> how, how do we do how, this? How do you do all <laughs> this? sounds amazing. Yeah. yeah. I feel bad about myself as yeah. a person, but like, where's the checklist? Where's, yeah. We how do you do checklist. that stuff? <laughs> yeah. So, so really, I mean, the organization, the strength of the organization comes when they have really strong clarity surrounding their values and who they are and the, what their message is. And the way that, that you do that is you go back to the roots and to the why of the organization and, and what are their values? Because the values and a great example of this is Southwest. Southwest made a critical business decision based on their values back in 2000, 2009 when they decided not to charge for bags. They were facing a loss of up to 500, and I think it was over 500 million in one year alone. But they made a decision based on their values. And by making a value aligned business decision, they actually attracted their audience because those people were in alignment with, Hey, I want to have a, I want to feel good when I fly. I want to have the flexibility and have that kind of fun loving. If you 
flown on any Southwest flights, you pretty much encounter the same experience every time because their values are so strong. So number one, it's knowing yourself as a brand so that you can present yourself in a very transparent way because that's what people want these days. Again, they don't want manipulation. They want to feel understood and that they align with your values. And then if you also think of, of Tom's, you know, you buy a pair of shoes and then you give them back. Tom's shoes, I mean, they're fine. I, I think that they're, they're, they're a fine product. But what is the big differentiator between them and everybody else? Well, it's their values. And so ultimately, the consumer is looking for a value-driven organization with which to align themselves. And the more brands are able to stay true in alignment with their values and make those hard decisions whether it's a hard business decision or this was posed as a question two weeks ago at the at one of the speaking, the affiliate meat market. I was speaking there and, and they asked a great question about, well, when you've got a risky topic, when do you, you know, politically incorrect? How do you know when to engage and when not to? And I thought it was a brilliant question because the the political climate is so hot and heavy right now. And so how do you make those decisions? Well, what are your values? And those values are guiding the organization, but also the top executives. And they're, they're driving ultimately the messages that are going out there. And so the more, the more straightforward and, and, and honestly, for like full frontal an organization can be, I think the more power that's there because they need, once they establish the lovers and the haters, it'll be a, a painful road at times to get there because you'll have the haters, but the outcomes are significant because now you've got a loyal fan base and they will do anything, even choose a bad tasting beverage because they love you. <laughs> hey guys, it's Costum here. And I'm so sorry to be the doom and gloom guy, but I'm hoping this acts as a bit of a wake up call for you. We've been talking a lot about how the iOS thing has advertisers flying blind, sprinkling in the rising cost of ads and supply chain issues. I think we have a real entrepreneurial challenge ahead of us. And the bad news is a lot of businesses are going to be washed away over the coming months. The good news is that the ones who adapt are going to come out even stronger. That's why it's important to focus on the things that you can control. Tighten up your website, improve your CRO, collect as much first-party data as you can, and test, test, and do more testing. And if you need help with that, go to our friends at Conversion Fanatics. They're running hundreds of tests in all sorts of industries, so they know what's working now. Check the show notes for the link, or you can visit them at conversionfanatics.com. So in the case of the Amazon executive, Trying to get down to like the steps here. Yeah, okay. um, so I, I, I understand the <laughs> I understand the repel and attract, and I totally get that. Although I probably don't do it personally, but anyway, I get it fundamentally. Yeah. But I mean, I don't think there's any more comp. There's, I wouldn't say there's one company, but I would say Amazon is one of those companies that people love hate at the same time. Oh my yeah. god, they're gobbling up the world we're becoming like just it's amazon's world you know especially when they like right. took over like the irobot my little roomba now is going to be run by amazon <laughs> and it's going to know what i'm doing all the time and it's jeff so bezos bad. knows like what my house looks like it's scary you know what i mean but then again i'm like eh, who really cares like even if he yeah. knows like what my dining room table looks like i really don't give that much of a crap but anyway the point is it's like they're everywhere but then people everyone has prime and everyone right. uses amazon so you know what i mean is is that dichotomy so i think that executive is probably a good one isn't a good example of this but how did you do it Six hundred eighty-eight thousand, yeah you know engagements that's quite a lot for an executive like right what do they have to say so right 
take us through that whole sort of step-by-step process. Yeah. So step number one is, you know, knowing yourself, which I was just using the example of an organization and knowing their values, but really it was, we, we took, we dove deep into the executive into really getting to know them, getting to know their voice and getting to know what they cared about because we were promoting an event, but what uniquely about the event specifically spoke out to this executive. And, and honestly, Ralph, I mean, there's an element where I, I think that it's a, it could be a little bit frustrating for people because it's, well, I don't want to take the time to know myself. But if you do, and you do take the time to present your values forward in your social media content, that is what's going to drive the engagement. And that is what we've seen. And frankly, Amazon thought it was worth investing in promoting their their executives. And, and that's what we found. You know, that was the approach that we took and Amazon thought it was worthwhile. And that was the engagement that we that we secured. So step number one truly is knowing yourself and being able to understand your values and doing the work to and when we're looking at the executive side of things, taking the time to to really understand what your value system is and the drivers there, because then you're going to find alignment with the right audience and attract them. Every person has a proprietary brand. There is no one else who is Ralph. There's no one else who is Catherine. There's no one else who's Christine. And the more time we take to cultivate that and, and, and put ourselves out there in alignment with our values, that's the differentiating piece. But if we don't know ourselves and we're just like everybody else, and so knowing yourself in terms of how to practically do that, it really is taking the time to understand what your values are, to understand even just some basic things, what actually stirs that that kind of fire in you and what gets you excited? What are the things that, frankly, you're afraid of that you would pursue if, if you didn't have that fear? What are the things that truly spark joy? And then and then leading with those messages, because when people when you're being authentic, people can always tell. And so understanding and taking stock of what are those drivers that one produce passion, produce joy, produce sorrow, produce pain, and then ultimately align with my values. And then allowing that to be what's coming forward in the actual meat of the content. And then number two is really knowing your audience. So again, taking the time to understand what their pain points are. And I, I think I mentioned this earlier that we use the, the emotion-driven approach, but we use the Enneagram, Myers-Briggs, and just a very personality-driven way so that we understand what their values are, what their pain points are, where they spend their time, we call them watering holes. So we kind of go through this whole list of questions. We assign the Enneagram, what type are they? What What is their core motivator? Because a very different personality type versus another, you need to have different messages that will resonate with them. So obviously you've got organizations that have their brand story, but then you cultivate a message for each one of your audience segments. And then that's the, that's the message that goes through. And then you produce it on whatever channel they spend their time on. Um, so step number two is really knowing your audience and understanding the pain point and again, their values so that you can align with them and their pain point so that you can break through the barrier and actually express empathy and connect with them. But you have to know them. You have to take the time to do that the way that we usually go about it. We do customer surveys. We talk to sales teams and, and, and with actual business owners. We take stock of their ideal audience and do surveys just out you know, on Facebook, you can do so many different types of surveys to collect data, customer data, but taking stock of your current, of your current clients is always so, so helpful. You're going to have so many things that unveiled to you based on why they came to you. But then also there could even be an opportunity to upsell them because they may not even know your full suite of service. So taking the time to do those customer surveys is so impactful, not only for the sake of knowing your avatar, but ultimately 
are they even using your services to the fullest extent? And then the third is really understanding the platform on which you need to exist based on, again, those watering holes where they spend their time. Because, and this is something that we've done for our, our customers over and over again in building out the marketing strategy, incorporating, well, maybe a golf tournament is really where you need to be spending your time. Maybe that's the best place for you to be going and establishing strategic partnerships. Whereas for lead generation, you know what, you really need to be doing Facebook ads or you know what, you really need to be doing Google ads or, you know, you need to be actually nurturing your list because they're actually not taking full advantage of your, of your audience. So it really is predicated on your marketing strategy, but it's the know yourself, know your audience, and then understanding the, the marketing strategy that's most effective by way of those two pieces of information. We super appreciate having you on the show here today. I've certainly learned a lot. I've taken a ton of notes, as has my team when they listen to this. Where can people find you? Like, where? How can we sell? How can we promote you now that mm. you've given all this great advice to us? Go to christinemarie.com. It's where I live, and on LinkedIn, Christine Marie. I'm on recently on Facebook, and more so getting engaged on on Instagram. I'm taking my own advice here, right? <laughs> Need to become more. There you active. go. We're allowing you to be <laughs> self-promoting here, which doesn't yeah. come naturally. It doesn't sound like, but nope. absolutely, <laughs> it will help a lot of people if they do go to your stuff. So that is christinemarie.com, and Christine has in two e's in it. Yes. So it's c r c h r i s t e n e marie.com. Very, very cool. All right. We'll check that out. And thank you everyone for listening here today. Make sure you subscribe and leave a rating wherever you listen to your podcast, whether you're on Spotify, iHeartRadio. Did you realize we were on iHeartRadio? Yeah. Apple Podcasts, you name it. We're everywhere. And let us know what we can do better. We absolutely do read all of these and, and a lot of the shows that we've had, including the one today as a result of that survey that we continuously keep up. So that's over at Perpetual Traffic dot com forward slash better that's perpetual traffic forward slash better follow me over on linkedin and see me being more transparent and helpful and useful and y'all i will out this is up to them but i'll send over a free checklist for social media tips and tricks for y'all only if you go and like ralph's uh linkedin so go follow him and then it's by your honor so if you download the the checklist. I mean, it's free. You can get it, <laughs> but it's on your honor. You get the checklist only if you follow Ralph. So go follow him on LinkedIn. And Kasim over at Twitter at, at Kasim Aslam on Twitter. Go back and listen to previous episodes and all the resources that we mentioned here in today's show will be in the show notes over at perpetualtraffic.com. Cool. Great. All right. Thank you for that, Christine. On behalf of my awesome co-host, Kasim Aslam, until next show, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. 